Turning Point USA is the biggest conservative organization in the country right now, and the left has spent the past week completely melting down about the America Fest conference it just hosted in Phoenix. Why does TPUSA drive the left crazy? Because it's creating culture, creating stars, normalizing conservative ideas among young people, and treating conservative activists and speakers like the rock stars they are. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. Okay, Problematics, Problematics. I am back from the Turning Point USA America Fest conference in Phoenix. I was there for a couple of days last weekend. And I want to get into sort of this absolute meltdown that the left has been having uh, over America Fest. And it's very interesting to me because when I go to these conferences, um, you know, I spoke at the conference, I did a book signing, saw some of the other speakers, saw a lot of other sort of conservative media personalities. And when I'm at these conferences, I'm really not, um, I'm not a big Twitter guy. I don't know if you guys notice, you know, so I'm not really um, attuned to sort of like whatever the outrage of the day is um, on Twitter when I'm at these conferences. So I'm just kind of doing my thing. And I didn't really notice uh, that the left was going absolutely crazy until after I left. But before I get into that, um, you know, if you've never heard of Turning Point USA, um, Turning Point USA is basically the largest sort of uh, youth-oriented conservative organization, I I think, in the space. Um, I this is not a hashtag ad. I am obviously a paid contributor with Turning Point USA. Have been for um, quite some time. Um, but this isn't, you know, some PR campaign. This is just something that I was thinking about. I was thinking about just how big these conferences have gotten and having done this with Turning Point USA for, um, going on three years at this point, just seeing how big they have gotten in this space. So Turning Point USA is a very big conservative oriented youth organization started by a guy named Charlie Kirk who wanted conservatives to more engage youth, right? So when you look at how the left has been able to completely get the minds of our younger people, it is obviously through entertainment, through media, musicians, celebrities, all of that stuff. Like that's how they push their agenda through. And Charlie Kirk rightfully realize that if we don't start reaching out to young people in some way, we are going to lose this entire generation of young people to leftism. And if you look on college campuses, and that's where Turning Point USA is pretty much based on college campuses, for every, Turning Point USA is, a, and, and I've traveled to college campuses and stuff with Turning Point USA, they're the only, sometimes the only conservative-leaning organization on these college campuses, right? And there will be you know, 10, 15, 20, 25 liberal-leaning organizations, right? And they may say, these liberal-leaning organizations may say, oh, therefore, African-American students or LGBT students or Asian-American students or Latino students or whatever. But the bottom line is that these are leftist liberal-leaning organizations, right? These are not conservative in any capacity. And so in a lot of these places, Turning Point USA will be the only conservative-leaning organization on these college campuses. And yet and still, even when Turning Point USA is just the one, these left-leaning organizations, these liberals on campus will still try to get TPUSA kicked off of campus. It's wild. I have done a lot of trips to these campuses and talked to a lot of these students where, you know, they're called Nazis, they're called white supremacists, they're called fascists, they're called everything that the left calls conservatives. 
that basically don't bow to to what they're doing. So Charlie Kirk realized that there was a real hole here. He realized that there was a dearth in how conservatism was speaking to younger people. And he's built up Turning Point USA, I think, I think next year will be the 10-year anniversary, and he's built it up into something absolutely crazy. So they have these conferences. At the very beginning, the conferences were purely student-oriented, and they are mostly young people-oriented right now. But it's becoming, we have these young kids there, we have these college kids there, and they subsidize the the younger people and the college kids to come there, you know, get them hotel rooms, all of that stuff so that they can experience the conference. And of course, it's a nonprofit. Um, so they get donations, you know, to to subsidize all of that stuff. But it, it's really becoming a, a very big cultural moment. And I realized this a couple of months ago. They had the Student Action Summit, you know, here in Tampa. And I realized that this wasn't just about the students anymore. This was about a con- just building the movement of conservatism, but also making our people, making our conservative celebrities, our activists and speakers and writers and all of these things, complete and total rock stars. And they give these people rock star intros. The main stage at America Fest, you can go on Twitter and look at some of these videos. The main stage is just as crazy. It's like WrestleMania or something. There's like pyrotechnics and there's these big screens. And, and it's really funny. So there's pyrotechnics in these big screens and all of this, you know, fanfare. And then like uh, Sebastian Gorka comes out with his speech uh, in a notebook, which is it, the, the dichotomy is very interesting. And I, I, I know Dr. Gorka is, is a great guy, but it is just very interesting to me that Turning Point is creating culture in this way by having this, this event and by having these events. Um, it is engaging young people, uh, you treating conservative speakers and activists like the rock stars and actually creating culture. I talk a lot about this with my a friend of mine in the movement about how conservatism doesn't really create culture. Conservatism sort of always rails against the culture without actually – with uh, rails against pop culture without ever actually really having uh, an answer as to what our culture is. And so with events like America Fest, I think it's the only thing that's happening right now in these turning point events where we are actually creating a culture around conservatism. That's an exciting thing to be a part of when you're seeing it in its infancy. And the stuff doesn't always work. Okay. There was there were a couple of things at America Fest. There, there were a couple of things that just may not necessarily have worked culturally. But when you're trying to create something where there was nothing before, there's going to be some mistakes made. And everything is not going to work 100% of the time, especially not in the first year of something like this being put on. But right now, it is Turning Point USA and these conferences are the only thing that are creating culture in this space. Because when you look at how conservatism has been run or has been treated, I would say even over the past you know, 10, 20 years, it's always, you know, some boring conservative speakers, you know, railing against whatever Hollywood is doing or railing against, you know, uh, abortion or, you know, being pro-life or railing against BLM or railing against this or that or that. And this is really the first time that we've been able to create something. And Turning Point has been a huge part of that. And I think that sometimes people don't realize how important creating culture is. 
Now, conservatives were creating culture. I would say the last time conservatives were really creating culture had to have been back in the 80s. And I'm going to give it to you this way. When Reagan came in in the 80s in that landslide election, the country moved towards conservatism. If you look at all of the culture that was created in the 1980s, think about these movies. Think about Wall Street. Think about Greed is Good. Uh, Think about the Rambo movies. Think about these hyper-violent, super pro-America action movies that were created in the 1980s. This was conservative-leaning people creating culture, and this was in direct response to where the country was at at the time, right? But nobody's doing that anymore because even when conservatives are in power in this country, most recently the, the Trump era, Conservatives still weren't really creating culture, and conservatives still weren't really building anything. And so that's where Turning Point comes in. And so this stuff is interesting. You may not like it, but the stuff is interesting. Uh, And they're doing something that nobody else is doing right now. So, of course, the left absolutely loses it, loses it, loses their minds over Turning Point USA. Salon.com just wrote an article about America Fest. Literally, and this is the title. I'm not making this up. America Fest, right-wing youth just held a wild carnival of fun-filled fascism. And the subhead is inside the four-day Phoenix-based carnival of right-wing nationalism. And, and look, you know, they and they call this the event. The event was a ghost display of firework-filled fascism with commentary from the likes of Lauren Borbert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Sarah Palin, Tucker Carlson, Kyle Rittenhouse, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it basically, this article just talks about how racist everybody is. It talks about how racist Marjorie Taylor Greene is and, you know, how racist uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is and how racist Lauren Boebert is and, and all of this other stuff. And, and look, you have to understand that when the left is this, when the left is melting down over something in this way, and I'm telling you guys, there were videos and tweets and articles and all of this stuff. These people go crazy over this stuff. Something is happening. Something is being created. Something culturally is happening that these people on the left do not like. And that is why Turning Point USA exists. It exists to make rock stars out of our conservative celebrities. It exists to give our conservative young people a space to be conservative, to say, it's okay for our young people to say it's okay to be pro-life or it's okay to love America. It's okay that you have voted for Donald Trump. It's okay that you like Lauren Borbert uh, and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Madison Cawthorn and all of these people. It is okay that you like to shoot guns, that you like the Second Amendment. All of these things that the left tells you make you evil and bad and moral and wrong and awful, these conferences this Turning Point USA America conference and the SAS conference and the other conferences that they have throughout the course of the year, they make that okay. And that is why the left is so triggered. So that is why TPOSA exists. And that is why the left is so triggered. And I will tell you guys, as somebody that has seen this from the inside over the past three years, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger every single year. It really does blow my mind at what they're able to accomplish in the events team and all this stuff. It blows my mind at what they're able to accomplish with these events. 
So when I tell you that these events keep getting bigger every year, they will continue to get bigger every year. And I will tell you this, it will continue to trigger the left for quite some time. Up next, Biden is likely to run again if Trump gets back in the game, but is a Hillary challenge on the horizon? I'll have more after the break. All right, it is very obvious right now that Biden is a very weak president, and this is not me speaking as a political hack. This is me speaking in reality, folks. Biden is a very weak president right now. We have got inflation running rampant, gas prices are higher, the debacle in Afghanistan, the border crisis, which has seen crossings at the border literally double since this time last year. And then this is the thing that will be the most important to Democrats and people that are paying attention is the poll numbers are flagging. The poll numbers are very, very bad right now. So like I said, this is not just me saying that Joe Biden is weak. And I want to tell you, this is from the Hill. So Biden approval rating at historic low in a NPR PBS NewsHour Marist poll. And there are bad poll numbers that came from a Fox News poll, but I didn't want to use a Fox News poll because we know, obviously, that that is a poll that's going to lean conservative, right? So let's give you some numbers from an NPR, PBS News poll, like NPR, okay? These are the liberals of the liberal, okay? And this is what's going on. So the in, the new NPR, PBS NewsHour Marist poll found that Biden's approval rating has sunk to 41%. This is a historic low for Biden in polls conducted by these groups. Remember, it's the most liberal of the liberal, NPR, PBS. 55% of adults in the U.S. disapprove of the job Biden is doing as president. And this is, this next part, this is the most terrifying for, for Biden and, and Democrats right now. Twenty Only 29% of independents approve of the job Biden is doing, while 66% said they strongly disapprove or disapprove. 66% of independents thinking that you are doing the wrong thing is the bad direction, okay? And let me just break down this. I'm going to break down to you why I believe that independents are running away from Biden, why they believe that they have been lied to. Biden ran as the great uniter. Remember when he made that speech at the inauguration, I'm going to unite this country. I'm going to bring us back together. Remember, we, remember, we were torn apart over the Trump years. We were, we were torn apart because of Donald Trump. And Joe Biden was going to bring us back together. This was what was supposed to happen, right? This is not what is happening. Biden has been probably one of the most divisive presidents ever, right? And you can say what you want about Donald Trump. And the the argument can be made about Donald Trump is that he was speaking off the cuff and there was an entire media industrial complex that was there to twist what he said and made it seem negative and dark and racist and all of this stuff at any point, right? Now, Biden is not having those issues with the media industrial complex because the media industrial complex is there to elevate and prop up Joe Biden. So this divisiveness that's coming from Biden is a part of you know his policies and what he is saying. 
you listen to the things that he says to the country about the new Omicron variant, you know, a, a winter of severe illness and death among the unvaccinated. Remember, he talks on and on and on about the unvaccinated and how it is only these people that have decided not to get the vaccine that are stopping America from getting over the coronavirus. So this is how he speaks. These independents are starting to realize that this is not somebody that has any real interest in bringing this country together. And the reason that he cannot have any real interest in bringing the country together is because he has to be divisive to his base because even liberals see that he is doing a poor job. You watch MSNBC, you watch Morning Joe, and these are not stupid people, folks. The, the people on the panel on Morning Joe and MSNBC, they may be liberals, they may be limousine, limousine liberals that have very little concept of the world outside of D.C. and New York, but they're not stupid. And when you see them talking about these poll numbers, and when you see them talking about Joe Biden, these people always look like they're at a funeral because they know exactly what is happening. And independents are seeing this. So not only are independents seeing Joe Biden not fulfill his promise as somebody who promised to be a uniter but also somebody who is completely failing this country in some very, very fundamental ways. Right, so he's failing. Build Back Better is dead. Inflation is only going to get worse. People are starting to see their actual lives get worse, right? So this is what's happening right now. And then even after all of this stuff, he is being, it's as if, Biden is being told by his handlers to be cocky and authoritative as if none of this stuff is happening. So he just did this creepy interview with David Muir over on uh, over at ABC, I believe. And so this is what he had to say when Muir asks him about whether or not he's going to run again. If that means a rematch against Donald Trump. You're trying to tempt me now. <laughs> sure. Why would I not run against Donald Trump or even the nominee? That would increase the prospect of running. That would increase the prospect of running. Now, look, uh, as if, you know, the the prospect of a Biden-Trump rematch in 2024 isn't nauseating enough since nobody in this country can seem to let elections go anymore. Hillary Clinton may jump in again. Oh, my God. You know, problematics, we are just going to be We're never going to have any new elections. We're literally just going to be reliving previous elections in all of perpetuity. So Hillary Clinton may jump again. And and look, this is what I was going to play the clip, but I don't even need to play it. This is just Newt Gingrich on, on Fox News basically speculating, you know, he's heard that Hillary may jump in again, right? This is what he said on Fox News. I think he was on the Ingram angle. And so he says that Hillary Clinton may jump in again. And for me, honestly, when I heard that, um, it is not at all surprising to me that Hillary Clinton may jump in again. Obviously, um, there is blood in the water here. They know that Biden is failing. Everybody knows that Biden is failing. Even people on the left know that Biden is failing. And this has this is not even bringing up Kamala Harris. So everybody knows Biden is failing. His approval rating is underwater. He is being told. I think wrongly by his handlers that he needs to be cocky and he needs to be like, oh yeah, you know, bring it on Trump. And remember that uh, that news clip, that clip that he made at the um, the Democrats Christmas party where he said, I, I'm, I'm going to tell Republicans, get ready, pal. 
Cause we're taking we're taking everything in 2022. That man knows that Democrats are not retaining the House in 2022. Every Democrat knows that. These people are not brain dead. These people are not stupid. They know that it is highly unlikely for them to keep the House in 2022, which means that they're gonna go even crazier next year with the they're gonna go crazy with the BLM stuff again. There there will likely be more riots. You're gonna see a lot more um you're going to see more racially charged police officer deaths next year. You know, it's it's pretty much their MO at this point during election years. You're going to see that stuff. I personally, when I think about Biden and Trump running again, this is what I think. Trump is 75 years old right now. That man will be 78 if he took the presidency next year or in three years, right? Biden is already the oldest president in American history. All right. I just am thinking that it's time for some new blood. It's time to stop redoing elections. It is time to just move on. And God, Hillary Clinton, I would hope that Hillary Clinton, who is a very shameless individual, has enough shame left in her to not run for president again. But I'm telling you, there is blood in the water with Biden. If enough people in the Democratic Party are brain dead enough, to run Hillary again, they will run her again. I just, I don't even know what to say to this. No more Biden. No more Hillary. We just got to move on from this. Next up, Trump talks vaccines with a surprisingly tough interviewer, Candace Owens. I'll have that for you after the break. Earlier this week, uh, former President Donald Trump became an unlikely supporter of the vaccine and the boosters and all that when he revealed, along with Bill O'Reilly, that he is both vaxxed and boosted. This is how that went. Both the president and I are vaxxed. And uh, did you get the booster? Yes. I got it, too. Okay, so um, oh, don't, 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 don't. So yeah, that was Trump and Bill O'Reilly getting booed by the crowd. They're doing, I guess, they're on a joint speaking tour or something like that, and they got booed by the crowd when they revealed that they're vaxxed and boosted. And look, I did, you know, I did a video about this on my Facebook page. If you guys aren't following me on Facebook, go follow me at Rob Smith Online. But here's the thing: Trump is seventy-five years old. People, Bill O'Reilly is seventy-two. Of course. These are old men, okay? I'm sorry. These are older men, all right? And we, if we know anything, if we have been paying attention to anything from the coronavirus pandemic and all that stuff, we know that it is our elderly who are the most affected. And sorry, folks, Donald Trump is elderly. And so absolutely, he should take the vaccine and he should get boosted. If he was my dad, I'd want him to take the vaccine. If he was my grandpa, I'd want him to take the vaccine. You know, I, you know, my, I have elderly parents that took the vaccine. And so the thing about it is, and and look, this is what Trump had to say in in response to this. But look, we did something that was historic. We saved tens of millions of lives worldwide. We together, all of us, not me, we, we got a vaccine done, three vaccines done and tremendous therapeutics like Regeneron and other things that have saved a lot of lives. We got a vaccine done. In less than nine months, it was supposed to take from five to 12 years. Because of that vaccine, because of that vaccine, 
millions and millions of people. I think this would have been the Spanish flu of 1917, where up to 100 million people died. This was going to ravage the country far beyond what it is right now. And here's the thing, and this is what people don't realize, and I feel like this is something that needs to be made more clear. Anti-mandate people are against mandates. They've never been against the vaccine. I've said this over and over and over again since all of this this horrible conversation started uh, where, you know, we're trying to inject people with something they do not want as a condition of them keeping their jobs, which I think is immoral and awful. And I've said that to you guys before. But anti-mandate people are against mandates, not the vaccine. Like I said, Trump is 75 years old. O'Reilly is 72 years old. Of course they should take the vaccine. So enter Candace Owens. Candace Owens, she has her show on the Daily Wire called Candace. I believe it's a weekly. Went down there and I've done the show a couple of times. It's a great show. It's a fun show. It's a lively set. She nabbed an exclusive interview with Donald Trump, you know, via via her show Candace with Daily Wire. And while teasing it, she said, this is what she said on, uh, on Twitter in the video. She said that when people are interviewing Donald Trump, whether it's liberals or conservatives, they, they're all getting it wrong. This is what she said. She said, liberals try to attack, 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 and conservatives fawn, fawn, fawn. So she said she's going to give Donald Trump a very tough interview um, about these vaccines, about everything, but, but particularly you know about the vaccines, about the mandates. And I want you to listen to this exchange that Candace Owens had with Donald Trump on her show. In terms of big pharma, which is a huge topic on the minds of, of mothers, especially you're seeing what's happening at these school board meetings. Where do you stand on these vaccine mandates? And obviously, I know that you are you are pro vaccine. Obviously, you did everything you could to get this vaccine out. I know it where you stand on the, the vaccine. It was one of the greatest achievements. We did it in less than nine months and to be able to do that. Yes, but where, but now it's years. taken a twist, right? It's it's gotten now we went from this is a good thing and people should have this option mm-hmm. to military men. You're going to have to resign yeah. because you're, you're not getting this vaccine. Where do you stand yeah. on that? Well, I stand on forget about the mandates that people have to have their freedom but at the same time the vaccine is one of the greatest achievements of mankind we would have had a 1917 remember the spanish flu killed perhaps 100 million people actually it ended the first world war because the soldiers was a lot of people don't know that the soldiers got so sick it was a terrible thing there were no vaccines there would know anything i came up with a vaccine with three vaccines mm. all are very very good Came up with three of them in less than nine months. It was supposed to take five to 12 years. And yeah, we more say, people have died under COVID this year, by the way, yeah, under Joe Biden, right. than under you. And more people took the vaccine this year. So people are questioning how... Well, no, the vaccine worked, but yeah. some people aren't taking it. The ones, the ones that get very sick and go to the hospital are the ones that don't take the vaccine. But it's still their choice. And if you take the vaccine, you're protected. Look, the results of the vaccine are very good. And... If you do get it, it's a very minor form. People aren't dying when they take the vaccine. What about they, the masking of children? That's that's a big I, one I for moms right now. I think it's a terrible now. thing. I think it's a terrible thing. That flies the in the face of science. The kids have a virtual 0% right. chance of dying of COVID, and yet they're insisting on these vaccine mandates. I mean, I'm sorry, on these um, the masking masks, mandates, yeah. and now the, even the vaccine mandates for small children. Right. And what's going on there? I think what's happening is you look at the masks where... Fauci and a lot of other people said masks don't mean anything. All of a sudden, he becomes a radical masker. I don't like to see the kids with the masks on. They're sitting in school. They have a hard enough time sitting in school. It's like China. I've been to China. uh, Well, and yet China's education system is a hell of a lot better than ours. You know what? They're rated number two or three, and we're rated number 44. Mm -hmm. 
But masking children, I mean, no, that, the way it looks, right? It doesn't look like a free country. Um, uh, I'm against it. So that was a, an interesting little exchange between Candace and Donald Trump. First of all, Candace looks fabulous in this clip. You guys got to see this. Like, look at it on Twitter. She's got like this oversized blazer on these slacks. She just looks um, really pretty. But anyway, it's very interesting that... The conversation that we're having right now, and and they went to the vaccines, they went to, like, I thought, I honestly, this is what I thought. I, I thought that when you listen to this clip, she could push them a little harder on the adverse health effects that are happening with these vaccines. But I think that it's fair to say that mandates are bad, that he doesn't want to do it. And I thought it was very interesting that this conversation went into the masking of children, which I still don't completely understand. I still don't completely understand the the science behind this. I think that it is going, um, there's a lot that's happening with the development of these kids in terms of them not being able to discern faces, it making them depressed, all of this other stuff. And to have these kids sit down in schools with masks on for eight hours a day, it is really something else. You know, it is unreal, but this is just where we are. And I think that when it comes to the vaccine is this, like there is a reason if you guys have heard this, uh, the FDA is suing to have the results of the vaccines, you know, all of this stuff. They want it under wraps for like 50, 60 years or whatever. And apparently they said that that 50, 60 years may turn into 75 years. So they're suing to keep the adverse medical effects and stuff of the vaccines under wraps. And now we're starting to see slowly but surely we've got news trickling out that some of the vaccines are causing like adverse effects in people that have heart conditions. So they're exacerbating the heart conditions. Remember, we had that 30-year-old NFL player just drop dead and then, you know, nobody says anything about that. It just happens and everybody moves on. So look, When it comes to these vaccines, I think that they are good for a certain segment of the population, people with comorbidities, people that are older, people that have issues to where if they get this coronavirus, it will take them out. Should it be mandated on the rest of the population? Like, absolutely not. And I've said that before. But I think that as conservatives, we shouldn't be booing, you know, Trump and O'Reilly because they have gotten the, the vaccine. We should be applauding them because they use their personal freedom because they decided to get it. That is this what this thing is about. This was always about personal freedom. It's not about a vaccine. And this is what the left does not realize. They don't realize that it's about personal freedom and not about a vaccine. And they think that if they just roll over and do everything that they're told, then at some point down in the future, they'll be free again. But they do not realize that it just doesn't start with the vaccine mandates. It only, it doesn't stop uh, with the mandates. It only starts with them. So I'll be looking forward to hearing the rest of that interview with Candace Owens and Donald Trump. I thought it was very interesting. I thought she could have pushed hard a little bit more on the adverse medical effects of the vaccine, but I'm sure that when that extended interview is out, she'll push back a little bit harder. And that's it on this episode of Problematic for Me Problematics. Um, I know that this is launching on Christmas Eve. Um, this is a fresh episode. This is brand new. So I wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas. I'm going to be with my family. And I hope that we can all count our blessings if we are happy, healthy, and good health and able to break bread 
with our families this holiday season. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rob Smith Online. Special thanks to our producer, Robert Borowski, and executive producers, Debbie Myers and Speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Part of the Gingrich 360 Network.